Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. We're gathered here today, Lord, to learn from our God. And so, God, our Father, teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now, follow along in your Bible. So turn here to Genesis 29, verses, verse 9, okay? 29, 9, Genesis 29, 9. While he yet spake with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Jacob kissed Rachel, lifted up his voice, and wept. Jacob told Rachel he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. It came to pass when Laban heard the, word, the tidings of Jacob's sister's son, he ran to meet him, embraced him, kissed him, brought him to his house. He told Laban all these things. Laban said to him, surely thou art my bone and my flesh. He abode with him the space of a month. Laban said unto Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldst thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Jacob loved Rachel, said, I'll serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Laban said, it's better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. Jacob served seven years for Rachel. They seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. Laban gathered together all the men of the place, made a feast, came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, brought her to him, he went in unto her. Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah, his maid for an handmaid, came to pass it in the morning. Behold, it was Leah. He said to Laban, what is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? So in our last study, we saw how more depth was given to this passage when these three persons that we saw, especially in verse 16, where it says Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. The name of the younger was Rachel. See, in that verse, we saw Laban with his two daughters. There he is standing there with his two daughters. This is Laban. We see Laban. We're getting to know Laban really well. He's quick. He sees an opportunity. He's swift. He resorts to deception. He's a master manipulator. That's Laban. Laban, right or wrong, that doesn't matter. That's not a consideration. What's a consideration for Laban is he's got two daughters, and if he doesn't come up with a plan quick, he might get stuck with one, you know. (laughs) And so now Laban thinks, you know, a little skillful deceit here, and I I have an opportunity to, to double the time of service of a great worker. See, that's his thinking. 
He's a kind of manipulator that, frankly, Jacob, he's no match for this person. I mean, Laban, he could have, and he would have totally destroyed Jacob because Jacob was no match for Laban. And what happened was that Jacob came to realize that if it was not for God protecting him from Laban, that Laban would have destroyed him. As a matter of fact, in the last time when they saw each other together, the last time when Jacob and Laban saw each other, uh, then Jacob, he let Laban have it in uh, Genesis 31, 42, when he got angry and he said to, Jacob said to Laban, it's very hard to keep all these names straight, you know, but anyway, Jacob said to Laban, except the God of my father, Genesis 31, 42, except the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely thou had sent me away now empty. God has seen my infliction and the labor in my hands and rebuked thee yesterday night. See, what Jacob said in that verse to Laban, it shows us that Jacob found out just how much God was with him, just how much Laban wanted to destroy him, and just how much God protected him when Jacob wasn't even thinking about God at all. And it shows us how vulnerable Jacob was to this manipulator, this master manipulator, Laban, when he said, except the God of my father and the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, God had been with me, surely thou sent me away empty. See, we see ourselves in the person of Jacob, and we see Satan in the person of Laban. And like Jacob, we just march off in a self-confidence into the world, thinking, well, we can handle anything. And we meet up with Satan, the master manipulator, the destroyer, and like Jacob, we don't see it. We don't recognize it. But then, like Jacob, we come to realize how God was with us and how God saved us from Satan's goal, which he talked about. The, his goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And one day, we're gonna say these words, like Genesis 31, 42, except Jehovah Jesus had been with me, surely Satan would have destroyed me. And then we saw Leah. Now we saw Leah. Now we look at Leah. I mean, inwardly, beautiful person. Leah is a beautiful person inwardly. Outwardly, it's a little different. But inwardly, she's beautiful. She was the prize. But Jacob foolishly walked away from Leah. See, Jacob had the real prize, we're gonna find. He's got the real prize in Leah because the character of her of Leah inside, so her character is delightful. It's charming, I mean, nowhere in the Bible do you find any fault expressed about Leah. But Jacob's problem started, it really started back in Genesis 28, where he didn't, wouldn't make the Lord his God. But the problem, because he did that in Genesis 29.10, in the verse we, we just read, where it says, Jacob saw Rachel. Jacob saw Rachel. When Jacob saw Rachel, Jacob you know, like he only had eyes for Rachel. <laughs> that was his problem. And if Jacob had made the Lord his God, then Jacob would have given his eyes to the Lord and let the Lord direct his eyes. And when we compared, when we compare the way that Jacob got a wife at this well with the way that Eliezer got a wife at that well, probably the same well, we see such a difference 
Because in the, in the case of how Jacob got a wife, how Eliezer got a wife, you see, the, it was the difference between the way of prayer and trusting God and the difference between DIY, you know, do it yourself. <laughs> do it yourself, figure it out, finagle it through. And at the well, Eliezer, he turned to God as he recognized God was the source of all wisdom and he turns to God and he prayed to God. You remember in Genesis 24, 12, Genesis 24, 12, where he prayed this fantastic prayer when he said, oh Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day. See, that was a man who was going the way of prayer. And at the well, Jacob, he didn't turn to prayer, he turned to his muscles you know, to move that stone. Is Jacob said, I don't need God to tell me which girl is pretty. You know, I can handle that challenge by myself. And at the well, but at the well, you remember Eliezer said, I stand in the midst of all these women. I don't know which one you have appointed. See, that was the way of wisdom. Now, Eliezer, he tested to see if Rebekah would serve him. <laughs> if Jacob had done that test, he would have gotten a different result, I'm sure. But at the well, Instead of doing that, Jacob served Rachel. And at the well, Eliezer thought that he wasn't sure. Even when he saw Rebecca, he wasn't sure if she was the right one. She may be the right one. She may not be the right one. That was Eliezer. That's what he meant when he said in Genesis 24, 21. And the man wondering at her, wondering at her, held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. But at the well, Jacob, he had no thought whether or not Rachel was the right one. Jacob knew that Rachel was the right one. And in Genesis, the verse we just read, it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother's sheep, that he went near. Jacob went near and rolled the stone away. See, Eliezer left the option open that she might not be the right one, that Rebecca might not be the right one. And then he cautiously took one step at a time until he got to the family to see, well, are they gonna send her or not? He still wasn't sure that she was the right one. On the other hand, Jacob, he jumps right in with his decision in verse 11, Jacob kissed Rachel. So there's no question there, you know, great was the fall thereof. <laughs> when Eliezer found the wife at the well, Eliezer stopped to thank God as it says in Genesis 24, 26, the man bowed down his head and worshiped the Lord. See, that's what worship is, giving thanks. Giving thanks is to worship God. But when Jacob found Rachel there, nothing is written about Jacob thanking God because Jacob never asked God for a wife, so why should he thank God for a wife? And after Eliezer found the wife, that God has chosen, Eliezer had joy, joy, as he immediately prayed in Genesis 24, 27, and he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. See, that's joy that Eliezer had because he prayed, because he went cautiously, because God indicated that he has joy. In contrast with Jacob, who doesn't pray, he doesn't give thanks, and he, but he finds the wife, and he's got this, instead of joy, Jacob has this anxious sorrow 
When it says in Genesis 29, 11, you know, you kiss a girl, he kisses his wife, you should be very happy, right? And Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. <laughs> but in both cases, Laban came a running. And he came running out. And in the case when Laban encountered Eliezer, we know what he focused on from Genesis 24, 30 through 31. And it came to pass when he, that's Laban, when he saw the earring and the bracelets upon his sister's hands, and he heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, saying, thus spake the man. He came unto the man, and he stood by the camel at the well, and he said, come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and the room for the camels. You know what Laban was saying there when he saw the gold? It was, my, 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 said the spider to the fly. <laughs> okay. You know, that's a great poem if you ever read that one, you know. Will you, it goes like this, will you walk into my parlor, said the spider to the fly? Tis the prettiest little parlor that ever you did spy. The way into my parlor is up a winding stair, and I have many curious things to show you when you are there, no, 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 said the little fly to ask me as in vain, for who goes up your winding stairs can ne'er come down again. <laughs> That's going to be, Jacob's going to find that out. <laughs> but Eliezer had direction from God. So he as the fly was saved from the spider Laban. And that reminds me of the time 1967, when I was a student with not much money, which student does have money, but anyways. <laughs> and I bought deck passage on a boat. I didn't have any money to buy cabin passage, so you buy deck passage from the east coast of Italy in Brindisi to Athens, to the Piraeus, yeah, anyway. And so like I said, the deck passage means don't, you don't get a cabin. You sleep on the top of the deck and don't sleep near the edge. <laughs> and as we approached Greece there, very narrow channel. I looked at that. And I said, what is that? They said, that's the Peloponnese channel. And I went to the bow of the boat in the front of the boat. And I looked at that channel and I said, no way. There's no way that this boat is going to make it through that channel. If you don't believe me, I have some pictures here of what that channel looks like. It's very narrow. And so the boat stopped at the entrance of this channel and just sat there and waited. And then this little speedboat came up with two men in, in the little speedboat. And one of the men, he climbed up the ladder on the side of the boat and got into the boat. And he went right up to the captain's helm. We were on the deck. And so we could see in there. And you could see in the window as when he went into the captain's helm, the captain stepped aside and let him take the wheel of the boat. He was an expert pilot. He knew how to guide ships through that channel. That's what Eliezer had. As he stopped at that well, he let Jehovah Jesus come into the helm, the captain's helm, turned over the wheel to him, and he was able to save him from Laban. And that's what Jacob didn't have, as he didn't stop and let Jehovah Jesus come into the helm of his life, and he didn't give Jehovah Jesus the wheel of his life, so he wasn't saved from Laban. So it says in verse 13 that Laban ran to meet Jacob. You got to keep in mind, Laban's about 110 years old. It's not very often you see a 110-year-old. What motivates a 110-year-old man to run? <laughs> okay. And so when we think about this, there are many narrow channels for us in life that are just frankly too dangerous for us. We need to stop 
and pray. Let the expert pilot come on. We need to pray the words of the hymn, Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's tempestuous seas. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous shoal. Chart and compass came from thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. So Rachel's outward beauty, it was stunning, but it just didn't match her inward condition. And Leah's eyes were tender, but that matched her heart. Her heart was tender. And Leah had this quiet love for Jacob. She loved Jacob. And she had a love for God, which we're going to see. And we're going to see that expressed as she names her sons. It's going to show that she loves Jacob and she loves God. As opposed to Rachel, who was hot-headed. We will see that in Genesis 30, verse 1, where it says, When Rachel saw that she bailed Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And at that point, Jacob wasn't sure what the choice should be. (laughs) Anyway, Rachel had such a sinful impatience that she was willing to curse her son with a name that told everyone that her son brought sorrow into her life. In Genesis 35, 18, it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. But his father called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. He'd said, that's enough. So as as far as outward beauty goes, Rachel was the third renowned beauty in this patriarchal family, and she lines up with Sarah and Rebecca and Rachel. They're all outwardly gorgeous. But as inward beauty goes, it's Leah who God chose to be the mother of Judah and therefore the one who started the Davidic messianic line. And and But we saw how Jacob was determined to not make the Lord his God, not have God tell him what to do, and that led Jacob to become a struggler, a struggler in life. He struggles for his birthright, he struggles for Rachel, he struggles for his herds, he struggles when he leaves home, he struggles to return home, he struggles even for his grave when he's in Egypt. He says, don't bury me here, bury me there, Canaan. Now we see that Jacob has worked his seven years, And he makes his announcement to Rachel's father in verse 21. Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. That's quite something, that I may go in unto her. That's a pretty direct statement for a groom to make to the bride's father. That's just what every father wants to hear a suitor say about his daughter. (laughs) I want to go in unto her. You know, Jacob is not exactly the good example of what a gentleman should be. Right? <laughs> Jacob kind of supports what Dottie Louder told my wife when she said, we all know what men want. <laughs> so that's Jacob. He's brutally direct. And keep in mind, he's 84 years old, too, when he makes the statement. And you can hear in Jacob's voice that he's saying to Laban, I have a right to her. I have worked hard for her. So give to me what is rightfully mine. Now, Laban makes his move in verse 22. Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And so here we see how Laban has his whole deception. It's all carefully planned out. You know, I didn't just think about this yesterday. And he arranges this feast with lots of noise and lots of bustle. And you can be sure that Laban made sure that the wine was a-flowing. And when we look at this feast that Laban has put together, 
we now see that this feast was designed to disguise. It was a feast designed to disguise the deception. It was a feast designed to disguise the switch. And as we see Laban here in this verse preparing for this feast, it reminds us something. We see Laban, he's working so hard preparing for this feast to disguise the deception. We can see Jacob. Jacob preparing to deceive his father Isaac. As we watch Laban with his plan to deceive in his mind and he's carefully getting all the parts of this feast prepared to distract Jacob for the final deception of marrying Leah instead of Rachel, we can see Jacob with his plan in his mind as he carefully gets together that hairy goat skin and puts it on his arms. He prepares and puts it on his arms to distract Isaac, to disguise for the final deception of blessing Jacob instead of Esau. And just think of how Laban is making this feast to be such a happy celebration. It's a great marriage feast. And how that happy celebration was just like Jacob, who made it a happy celebration when he came in with the savory venison, and he said, here it is, Dad. Here's the venison that I found so quickly because the Lord your God brought it to me. <laughs> he was referring to Rebecca. <laughs> Here, Dad, this is the savory venison that your soul loves. Happy, wonderful, joyful. Let's eat and be happy. See, Laban had set up a happy celebration to trick Jacob. Just Jacob had set up that happy celebration to trick Isaac. And just think of the happy celebrations. The wine is flowing between the two descriptions. Here, when Laban is tricking Jacob, and it says Laban gathered all the people together, the place and made a feast, and Jacob is tricking Isaac in Genesis 27, 25, he said, bring it near to me, and I will eat of my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. The last part of that verse is very important. He brought him wine, and he drank plenty of wine to help dad be deceived. And just as Laban brought plenty of wine to that party to help Jacob be deceived, we look at this, we sit back and we say, wow, that detail, only God. Only God could have designed such a learning experience for Jacob. Now we see that Laban, he really is trying to bind Jacob as firmly as he can, as long as he can. As a matter of fact, it says that, he, he says that, in Genesis 30, verse 27, Jacob, when he speaks to Jacob, Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. So Laban has watched Jacob, and he's seen how God was with Jacob, and his blessing flowed down to him. So he makes this feast, that was typical, a seven-day feast, a long, long time, make, it's plenty of time to make sure that Jacob is well soused, <laughs> intoxicated. And, and normally what happens is that the bride is taken to the groom's house at the end of the feast for the bride to become his wife. But since Jacob didn't have a house, he had Laban's house, Laban controlled everything. Everything, including the heavy veiling of the bride. Mm. 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at tomcantor.org. That's T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you have a heart for Israel and lost Jewish people in America? Then come work in Southern California as a full-time or volunteer missionary working with Tom Cantor in Israel Restoration Ministries reaching lost Jewish people with their Jewish Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hourly wage, 401k, health insurance, company car and phone, and other amazing benefits. Call us, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, israelrestoration.org. Looking for an exciting career in the medical field or biotech industry? Join Scanabody's Biologics, founded by a Christian businessman, Tom Cantor. It's a premier company dedicated to advancing patient care and serving the community of San Diego. Scanabody's has global operations and over 700 employees and growing. And if you have a heart for people and a desire to join a leading biotech company, call us 619-258-9300, 619-258-9300, scanabodies.com, that's scanabodies.com. 